The Defense Department's $10 billion cloud contract known as JEDI is entering new ground. Federal News Network has confirmed that the DOD Inspector General and the FBI have launched a preliminary investigation into the Joint Defense Enterprise Infrastructure, or JEDI, program and into the Washington Headquarters Services role in this and other acquisitions. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller broke the story of the preliminary investigation, and he joins me now with more. All right, Jason, let's start at the beginning. What is JEDI and why such interest in it? What the Defense Department is doing is they're saying we're going to develop a single cloud option for basically infrastructure as a service or or everything kind of will run on top of this JEDI cloud. And this has gotten, you know, industry a tons of interest. It it's, could be worth initially $10 billion over 10 years. There's been different uh, things have come out during the court cases in this long saga that could be could be worth even more than that. And I think that there's just been this ton of interest in terms of how the procurement was put together, who put it together, and then why is industry so upset about it? Because the single cloud approach uh, is really kind of a lot of people from industry have said this is no way to run a cloud procurement. There's no way to run a cloud. And I think it's just brought all this this excitement, but also concern over the the path that DOD is going down. Okay, so there have been a couple of conflict of interest lawsuits brought. We don't know what the disposition of those. They're on hold now, as you have reported. So what did you learn about the types of questions the FBI now and the DODIG are getting into? Well, well, this takes us down a whole different path. Once the law enforcement gets involved, then you're really looking at potential, and let me, uh, you know, public corruption. And I think that's the key here. Why is the FBI involved? What are they looking for? What are they concerned about? And there's a lot of questions we don't know, Tom, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but we do have a source that has, has tells us they have met with both the FBI and the DOD IG. And the, and the questions they were the, the both law enforcement agencies were asking about was times and dates of meetings. They wanted more information about the cloud executive steering group, which is run inside DOD and really has been the, the push behind the DOD move to the cloud and the executive steering group's role in drafting the solicitation for JEDI. The source also tells us the DODIG and the FBI also asked about relationships of contractors and government personnel as it relates to JEDI and other procurements. Now, again, Tom, that's a lot of questions. We don't know the answers, and we don't know where this is heading. But what's interesting about this is if the FBI is involved, they must there's a reason for it. They just don't get involved because they have nothing better to do. Now, the Oracle lawsuit did mention a couple of people in DOD that they felt had a conflict of interest involving Amazon, but we don't really know if that's exactly what the DOD IG and the FBI are looking at, do we? You're absolutely right. Because the FBI and the DOD IG will neither confirm or deny what the investigations are, you don't know anything until something is placed in the public record in court if something is filed. And until that happens, nothing could happen. In fact, Tom, I talked to Thomas Baker, who's a retired FBI agent after 30-some years, and he tells me, listen, a lot of times they open an investigation and they administratively close it because there's no there there. Or they bring it to the U.S. attorney and the U.S. attorney declines to go forward with it because there's just not enough evidence. So this may just be opening round. This is, that's why we use the term preliminary investigation because it's just getting started and it may not go anywhere. So I want to make sure that, Tom, we're not making a mountain out of a molehill, but at the same time, it's quite significant that the FBI is involved, at least initially. We're speaking with Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller. And the question is, is JEDI now tainted? And what's the story? What could this all mean in the long run with the 
DOD One Cloud strategy? That's a great question that I think DOD eventually will have to come to terms with because not only is the DOD IG and the FBI potentially investigating this, but DOD has announced that they're doing their own internal investigation over potential conflicts of interest. All of this, what all of this is doing is causing doubt and delay in this procurement going forward and the approach that DOD is taking. And I think all that doubt that's being created just eventually will pile up, pile up, and pile up. And Jedi will eventually, in my viewpoint, uh, get crushed under its own weight. Sure. And I was looking at the different cloud revenue pictures for the three major ones, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon. And yet Jedi is big and it's prestigious, but at $1 billion a year over 10 years, it's really not that big a deal for that industry. I think you're absolutely right. And I actually asked that question in the middle of last year. Why, why is there so much concern about it? And, and Tom, I think there's a couple things that are happening. And that's why there's so much interest. And there's lawsuits and there's big protests. And there's this intense lobbying effort going on because it's not just the money, but it's the prestige piece. I think that's big. And how do you say to your shareholders, your, 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 the chairman of your company, whether you're Google or Microsoft or Amazon or IBM or whomever, and say, oh, well, we didn't win or we didn't go after a billion, a $10 billion contract. That, that's a hard lesson or a hard discussion to have. So I think that's part of it. And, and then, Tommy, the other piece that, that I think is, is related to this is there's so much activity already happening within DOD when it comes to cloud. Does the DOD really need a single cloud? Does that even make sense for them to, to need a single cloud? And I think Congress is getting interested. Uh, you know, Congressman Womack and Congressman Cole have requested the DOD IG look into this. We did reach out to them. They said they have not any, heard anything official back from the IG. And that's why this investigation that we've uncovered potentially could be meaningful because it could be that first step for a bigger investigation or, again, it could just go away. All right. We'll have to wait and see. In the meantime, you're also writing about an interesting contract from the Federal Housing Finance Agency. Interesting that they would do anything interesting. But this is also for cybersecurity training. Tell us what you learned there. This is just one of those things, Tom. I was on FedBizOps, which uh, I won't go down my rant for this week. I did that last week for you. But I just happened to come across uh, something for cybersecurity services. When I looked into it, the uh, FHFA, which runs F- Fred- Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, as, as long as some, as long as some other housing um, loan bank system, they contracted with a company called Living Security Inc. They're out of uh, Texas, and they're going to provide a two-day, and this is what's interesting, escape room. For cybersecurity. Now, if you've ever been into an escape room, whether through team building or or, or friends or kids, it, it's a fascinating. I wanted one hour, to escape from them, but not with them. <laughs> a one hour, uh, you got to solve a bunch of puzzles, and each each clue adds to another clue, which adds to another clue, which eventually gets you out of the room. So, a cybersecurity escape room, I think, is a really novel concept to really teach people about why they need to be concerned and understand the the challenges of cybersecurity. It's not just a matter of okay, watch this webinar or watch this online training course, but do this and then you can understand why this matters. And I think that's why this is so novel. Well, I think it's also interesting because Federal Housing Finance Agency and its activities are somewhat obscure to the general public. But when you consider the ramifications economically of what it is they regulate and the size of all of the mortgage markets and the systems that support them, then their cybersecurity interest is enormous. And, and then especially the data they keep as well and, and trying to teach people how to protect that data and protect their networks. You know, we talk a lot about spear phishing and attacks, you know, don't click on the link. Well, that's nice, but but how many, you know, a lot of times that goes into one ear and out the other. In all large companies, in any in any company, we have that same problem here at Federal News Network. We, we get this training and sometimes we all 
oh, no, we clicked on that link. And I, I think by going down a path of doing something a little different, uh, it's, it's I'll call it innovative. We, that word is overused. I know that. But it, it gives the, the people at the FHFA a little bit of a different training approach. And when I did some research around escape rooms and why, I found other people also offer it. Talis does it. Uh, Sands Institute does it. And, and in fact, Tom, I found a um, press release from the Washington State Department of Revenue that they won a statewide contest last November with an escape room. And, and they were able to beat their other brethren in the state of Washington government to, if you will, get out of the escape room um, uh, in the fastest time. And, and I think kudos should go to FHFA for, for thinking of this and for doing something that's just a little out of the ordinary. All right. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Be sure to check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.